The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. We are a quarter way through the NFL season, which is slightly depressing. It's already week four. Katie Moxon Will Brinson here, joined by Sportsline's finest, RJ White and Alex Selznick. Oh, are we not slightly depressed that we're already a quarter way through? Like- um, no, I like I like I like this meat of the season. I like I like October. I like fall. I like fall. It's fall. It's time for fall. Yeah. And it's well, officially it's like we fall. We get through but- the first few weeks, right? You kind of know who every team is. So I guess I just it just goes by so fast. RJ, how much how much have you adjusted? Like, what's the big? Like, do you feel like you've adjusted your power rankings a ton already? Um, some. I mean, you have to adjust for injuries when big injuries like the Aaron Rodgers things happen. Some and and Burrow. You know, I adjusted the Bengals way down because he wasn't playing 100. percent And then right. you gradually have to get them up. But there are other teams. You know, Miami gets a big boost because they look legit. Um, and and, and you know, other things where you thought you had a good read on a team, you might re- reduce them down. Um, you know, just so you're not overcompensating for that over and over. So I guess a little bit, um, but it's it's not going to be too different. Yeah. Uh, You know, obviously we have Sportsline's Finest on the show today. And if you do like winning picks with Sportsline, make sure you sign up on Sportsline.com. Use the code PICK, P-I-C-K, to get your first month for just $1. Um, On the last episode in the feed, Brinson, Brady, and Liget deciding what the Jets should do at quarterback before it all collapses. And of course, talking Taylor Swift, which we were talking Taylor Swift a little bit in the pre-show and RJ was like, this football show, we should be talking about that. Obviously just a joke because that's Brady, all. Brady Quinn actually did. Brady about. Quinn actually did say that. Um, like so, just like 30 As, minutes after 30 minutes after daughters. I know he's no, that was sort of his point. He was like, I'm so sick of Taylor Swift. He's like in the car, on the way to school, nothing but Taylor Swift. In the car on the way home from school, nothing but Taylor Swift. At home, nothing but Taylor Swift. Twenty four seventy. He's like, can okay. we just talk about football? It's like Brady. I mean, in Fair. in 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 you know, counterpoint, you did thirty minutes ago bring up nudicles. So, you know, I'm afraid to ask what that is. Yeah, that 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 means I shouldn't shouldn't be asking what that is. But I will say, if 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 football <laughs> was the safe place for Brady, and now it's been infiltrated with Swifties and Taylor Swift, I can um, absolutely understand that. If you guys would like to see uh, what Brady thinks of Taylor Swift, make sure you check that out on the YouTube channel. Anywhere that you get your podcast, while you're at it, like, comment, and subscribe, folks. We love to have um, positive feedback from y'all. All right, week three was pretty mid for us. Fellas, uh, a lot of pretty even records. I went three and two. Brinson four and two. RJ three and three. Prop star. Hey, you went four and two, and I went three and two. Also, why are you why are you doing oh. the Jill? <laughs> ah, why are you doing the Jill and Waddle touchdown celebration? Why have we not talked about this? Oh well, that's that was uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know. I came around the corner. I was holding my packs. Um, because I was wearing a dress, so I had nowhere to clip them in. And all of a sudden, Moose is standing in front of me with a sign saying to do the waddle. So I. Uh, 
I waddled. <laughs> you um, did waddle, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought Pete Prisco's was probably the best of all of the waddles. Well, that's you can check Pete, that out on NFL and CBS um, Instagram, by the way. And, and Twitter. Uh, that's because yeah. Pete actually waddles when he walks. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a right, Anyway, I don't know why I'm being so Already? today. Uh, yes. Um, I went four and two, three and two. I don't know. It got flipped up um, in here. All right. Uh, Mox is even on the season. Ooh. Hello. Rhyming. 11 and 11. Um, but it's it's early. Wait for me to fall on my face. That's all I'll say about that. RJ, RJ and... Prop stars below five. I'm the only one above 500. That's how you know that this season screwed up. Well, let, let's let's address that a little bit. Like the picks uh, on here, the picks sir? here have been not great. Well, no, no, you're fine. But okay, my okay. picks here haven't been great. Yeah. But if you go to sportsline.com, you check out my record. I'm number one hottest expert on there. Plus, I think 10.95 or so um, right now on the on the streak. Um, a little bit positive last week. Really good week too, even though my record here didn't reflect it in in all. So go get go there, get the picks, get the lines at, at where we make them, and read the analysis, see which ones you want to follow. Because I'm actually having a pretty solid season despite what, what what's happening on this podcast. Yes, I will. I would want. I would agree with that. Make sure you sign up sportsline.com. Use the promo code pick first month, uh, just one dollar. And I agree. I think when you go on a lot of these shows, you you try to spread your picks out a little bit. Like there are certain shows that I've been going on where I've been getting my butt kicked and I, you know, I'm, I'm losing and everything. And then I'm even on this show. So it just it just totally um, depends. But of course, you're listening to us. We want to give you winners. And we were going to get on that track today. And uh, starting with what is our first? This week it. looks. This week looks like it's. Uh, this is a hard week. I think. I don't know what. You, uh, I don't know what you now, guys think. Now, RJ, based on what Brinson just said, is week four a harder week typically? Typically, it just kind of depends who who's hurt, who um, who are the what are the surprises coming out the previous week. Um, I know the market probably got attacked by a few things that they did not expect last week. Uh, they were against the Dolphins last week, and that didn't play out. They were against the Bills. You know, everybody wanted to get that number at plus seven and even bet it down after that. That didn't work out. So there was just several situations like that where the market thought it had a read on some of these teams on value and it got erased. Um, so we'll see if that corrects here. Um, but, but yeah, it's, I don't know if I call it suit as hard as, as last week. Um, I thought, you know, some now, some minds to navigate and that's basically just me reading the market and having different opinions on them and, and wondering what's right. But, uh, which I would have been a little more confident on some of those. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's talk with, uh, or start with, excuse me, uh, the Falcons, London. The Jags, but really London. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jags laying three <laughs> Jags laid an egg, um, in their last game over under 43 and a half. The Toy Story game, um, which, again, I'm so depressed um, that I will be at Tops on CBS Sports Network. If you aren't watching the Toy Story game or this game, tune in with us on CBS Sports Network, 8 to 12 Eastern. Um, I guess we'll start with you, Prop Stars. Any any props that you are looking at? It seems like you don't have any best bets here, but any leans? Yeah, no best bets here. I am interested in Calvin Ridley here. Obviously, the revenge game narrative. No Zay Jones in the lineup either. Uh, that should funnel some additional targets to him. Uh, I've, we've also seen Christian Kirk have a larger target share the previous two weeks. I think things kind of balance out a little bit more here uh, in Calvin Ridley's favor. He's someone I've got my eye on, kind of just waiting to see uh, what happens regarding the market with him, a little bit of movement with him. Uh, and then as far as Falcons props are concerned, I do think this is going to be a spot to back Bijan again. I think the Falcons are going to get back to their bread and butter running the football. I think Bijan didn't get nearly enough touches last week, resulting in that loss. So I expect him to be a more focal point of their game plan again. So he's a guy I have my eye on as well. Like it. Any thoughts from you, RJ? Yeah, I think I think I heard some comments that they they know that they need to get rid of more involved in the passing game to have some more juice. Otherwise, they're not going to go where they want to go. Um, mm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a little, you know, more targets to those guys, try to open it up against the Jags defense. It's really struggling. I mean, both teams are coming off terrible performances. Jacksonville's offense moved the ball, but the defense and special teams were awful. Um, especially against that beat up Houston uh, offensive line. Atlanta's pass offense has zero juice, so they need to get that going. If the opponent can stop the run, they're in trouble. Um, and, ja and we saw that last week. Jacksonville's defense is seventh in yards per rush, but they haven't really been tested to the extent. If Atlanta wants to go heavy run here, they've shown that they can do it against uh, non elite, you know, d d uh, rush defenses. So I'm a little bit worried about that. But Jacksonville's offense also struggling with turnovers. It's so much better than Atlanta um, on paper, but it just hasn't produced that way. I hope this line comes down a bit to take the Jaguars at three, considering there's no home field advantage here, despite what you think about Jacksonville always playing overseas. It's not like they have a great record there. 
especially recently. <laughs> um, my power ratings have these teams just one and a half points apart. So the value here would be on the Falcons, but I'm more interested in playing the Jaguars if the line comes down a little. If they're having Desmond Ritter throw the ball more, I will probably take him for an interception. That's not a terrible look. Uh, the Yeah, the Jags, like you look at who they faced in terms of Rushing the football, um, Anthony Richardson ran for four yards a carry against them, but had a long of 12 on, on 10 carries. Uh, Deion Jackson did absolutely nothing in, in that game. They uh, Zach Moss was hurt in that, in that week one matchup. Uh, then they had the Chiefs in, in week two, and that was just a really like a total like mud fest. You know, just I mean, like, I don't think they, nobody scored until the second quarter, which is is wild to think about when you when you consider those two offenses. Uh, Pacheco had a 31 yard rush. And 70 yards on 11 other carries. I mean, excuse me, uh, like uh, what, 39 yards on 11 other carries. That's not exactly uh, robust. And then, you know, last week we saw the, the Texans, Damian Pierce, I mean, they scored 37 points and didn't like, didn't run the ball at all. It's like, hey, how that, like, I don't, even, like, I don't even know how that happens. Like, if you score 37 points, you should be like running the ball a ton just because you're, you're leading. So I, I found that pretty surprising. So I, I'll be, I, I sort of lean towards the under here. Um, I think Atlanta will try to run. And I think uh, Jacksonville will try to run as well. So I would, I would, uh, I would lean towards the under if I was going to take anything in this game. Um, I will be taking something. Ooh, everybody's got something here. Yeah. Dolphins at Bills. Woo! Bills minus three over under fifty three and a half. I mean, this is the game of the week easily. Should um, be if they could flex in week four, they would flex this game. Yes, they would. The Dolphins actually getting minus one fifteen on FanDuel in terms of that plus three in the over juiced slightly. I hate these like minus one twelve. Like what are we, what are we doing? Here? <laughs> um, RJ, do explain to us why you're a, a traitorous Bills fan. There's a Bills helmet behind your right shoulder. Ooh, it too, it too, Mister White. Well, I always tell you who I think is going to cover and win, not who I want to win. And here, <laughs> I mean, the Dolphins are just playing too well. These teams are much closer together than the market is considering here, especially if you can get the plus three, um, which is what we're seeing there at FanDuel. Two and a half is available at other places. So if you do want to take the bills at minus two and a half, I would take the bills if, if people got on board the, the Dolphins wagon and moved it down closer to pick them, because I do think the bills are a solid uh, you know, bet to win this game, but I don't think it's gonna be more than a three point game either way. It's tough a place for Miami to win, um, but Miami's offense looks unstoppable. Buffalo's offense looks more balanced in the past, and their defense has been strong versus the past, but they haven't really played anyone, um, you know, that that effective there. Um, Buffalo's defense, thirty second in yards per rush allowed. We've seen Miami with these running backs with a new dimension; they can run the ball now, and they've had these games where the running backs have. have carried the load um you know to some extent um and so they can go to that tool in their toolbox if they need it buffalo's defense also thriving on turnovers had eight in the last two games miami's not going to turn the ball over especially not four times you know they're too good on offense to do that i think it's going to be a close game like i said take miami at three plus three at home i also have so that's the best bet i also have josh allen over 33 and a half rush yards at minus 113 mm. he's been over 35 and a half in 67 percent of his games since 2021 and he's had five plus attempts in all non-blowouts in that stretch there were eight times he didn't do it. Seven of them um, were just complete blowouts, 17 plus points. And the other one may as well have been. There was a garbage time touchdown at the end of the game. So this is just is a spot with his big game. Should be a close game. He's going to run it a bunch with his legs. He's going to get five plus attempts. He probably going to get close to 10 attempts. And I don't see any way he stays under 35 unless unless he suffers an injury. Yeah. I love that. I actually flipped on this, Brinson. On Monday's show, I was like, there's no way I'm not taking Miami on this. How could you bet against Miami? Yeah. And then I started digging into it a little bit deeper uh, this morning. And actually, according to Action Network, 78% of retail is on the Miami money line. Mm -hmm. um, contrastly, only 35% like are back in the bills against the spread. But 71% of total money is on Buffalo. So that's what the Sharps are doing, except for our Sharp, RJ, is on the other side here. Um, and look, when you look at it, Miami has not been able to beat the bills um, recently. Josh Allen, 9-2 and all-time versus Miami. Yes, it is a little little bit scary because they just put up 70 points um, on the Broncos, but the Bills are not the Broncos specifically at defense. And Buffalo has become one of the toughest places to play in the league um, since 2020. The Bills are 25 and six at home, 10 and one against divisional opponents within that same span. So Miami betters just beware of a letdown possibly after a massive scoring game, according to our CBS Sports HQ research team. Since the merger, teams that score 60-plus points in a game are 1-5 in, in their next game. So that caused me to flip here. Give me the Bills minus 2.5 or 3. I'm on the Bills minus 3 as well. Um, 
And I mean, I get, I mean, I guess the, the logic is sort of the, the same, um, not, you know, like I don't, I hate seeing RJ own the dolphins. I mean, it makes sense. I, I get it. Um, but, and like, I, I think I referenced, um, you and Emery on, on Monday show. And, and like, I'm not like saying like, I, I, I'm not lumping you in with the, the, the general, but like, I think, I think the initial reaction to seeing this line is like, what? The dolphins aren't yeah. the dolphins are dogs. That's what just, I thought. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, and like Emory said the same thing. And I think it's like it's like they just scored 70 points. How can they possibly be an underdog? And that's a fair reaction. Like the dolphins are really good. And the dolphins uh look like a, a, a an elite football team. And I think that they're gonna be very good all year. But I think it's a little too stinky for my liking. I think Buffalo takes care of business at home. Buffalo stomped the crap out of the Raiders and the, and the commanders the last two weeks. So uh, prop stars, I'm going to take the, uh, the bills here. You got anything? Yeah, I do. I'm going to take a shot on probably one of my favorite post hype sleepers, Gabriel Davis over 42 and a half receiving yards uh, game with the highest projected total of the week. I talk about this a lot, looking to invest in cheap pieces in this game. Gabriel Davis has a hundred percent route participation, runs a route on every single Josh Allen drop back coupled with the deepest a dot. The average depth of target is deeper than any skill position player or wide receiver or tight end on this bill's offense. So he does not need a big target share to make a big impact in a game that's certainly going to project to be a high-scoring environment. Uh, yeah, it just takes a couple of targets for him. I've been impressed. I think he looks healthy. He looks good. The numbers don't jump off the page, but this is a matchup I think he can definitely uh, have positive results in. Uh, so, yeah, Miami's defense has also given up a lot of big plays down the field. Love Gabe Davis in this spot over 42 and a half receiving yards. Katie, one thing real quick on your your trend about the teams with 60 plus and, you know, they yeah. go one and five. I think a lot of that, that's against the spread or straight up? Straight up. Straight up, yeah. yeah. See, I, I think a lot of times these teams get get overrated in that and they they kind of feel in themselves. This is a big divisional game, though. Yeah. And, um, and look ahead was minus three. It's minus three right now. So it's not like the market's really adjusting to, right. to them scoring 70. So this is probably like all of a sudden they're a touchdown favorite or something and then they don't end up covering or winning. This. Yeah, you would, right. see the, you would see this at Pickham. You know, team score yeah. 70, you would expect to see this at Pickham. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I, I would agree with you on that one. I, I still like the bills though. Uh, moving on to the next one, Pittsburgh Steelers laying three um, at the Texans over under 41 and a half Steelers. Kenny Pickett, uh, Dylan a little a bit against um, Garoppolo and the Raiders there. And CJ Stroud looks to be probably one of the best rookie quarterbacks um, from this class. He briscoe said he's the currently the best rookie quarterback in the class. Who said that? Pete Prisco did. Oh, Pete Prisco. All right. Um, I'm curious what Pete Prisco thinks of the the Jags game that we already talked about. Is he high on them this week? Um. Oh my God, I'm watching Pete Waddle now. This is hilarious. Yeah, no, he's got a great he's got a great Waddle. I, yeah, I forgot day. I forgot Pete did Waddle anymore because of uh 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 a uh, Zampic. <laughs> um, he is on he's on like a ton of a Zampic. Um, Not a ton. I don't know what he thinks about the Jags, but I do know that he he was he was singing. Uh, he was singing CJ Stroud's praises. I'm curious, RJ, like how much? I mean, I really want to take the Texans here, but that uh, that that defensive line for the Steelers and the offensive line injuries for the Texans for Houston really worries me. I will say, JJ Watt, our colleague, gonna be back in the house. He sent out a tweet earlier. He's gonna be in H Town this weekend. That should fire the fans up, don't you think? Yeah, I love those narrative plays that you always love. Um, so, so we saw how well that worked out with Brady in, in New England that first week. Um, but, uh, yeah, in theory, the <laughs> Pittsburgh defense should eat up the Houston offensive line. But, it, you know, those offensive line has been an issue all year. It hasn't slowed them up yet. Two great passing games in a row now. Um, Pittsburgh's offense, unimpressive again. Last week, I know they won that game, but they had a 72-yard touchdown there. 4.4 yards per play otherwise. You take that one big play out. Um, it's not like they they executed the offense well the entire game. Houston's defense overcame injuries in the secondary to slow down a better pass offense than this in Jacksonville. Um, so I thought they were really impressive in that game. Pittsburgh had a long trip to Vegas, got longer with plane issues, um, having to land in Kansas City and stay overnight there, essentially on the plane, didn't even oh, get off I didn't the plane. Know that. And uh, right. then get back back on the road around lunchtime. So yeah, it kind of takes away one of your your you know off days essentially, um, screwing up your schedule there. I think fading Pittsburgh as favors is a good strategy, especially on the road until the offense shows something and they haven't shown enough for me. So I love it at plus three if you want to play the plus three. Um, you know, I was wondering if we were going to get any higher um, because of the offensive line issues, but that that is a bad matchup for them. But I just think this team has proven enough that they can't be laying, they can't be t- getting three here. So you no. making are you making Houston a bet? Or are you just like lean Houston? 
I'm leaning Houston for 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 purposes of this. Um, I'm monitoring the line a little bit. We'll see. Um, you know what? What whether it's official play later? Okay, because I'm probably I'm probably going to put Houston in as a best bet on Sportsline.com. You can check that out. Sportsline.com/slash/join. Use promo code PICK for your first month for a buck. Prop stars. You got anything here? Uh, love rookie wide receiver Tank Dell. Just been super encouraged yeah. by his play. Uh, it's going to be a rough day for Patrick Peterson if he's going to have to chase Tank Dell around or Nico Collins for that matter. But uh, yeah, both of those young receivers look excellent. All right, moving on. The Rams at the Colts. This line is virtually a pick em. Colts minus one and a half, total 46 and a half. Uh, Rams offense really couldn't get going uh, on Thursday. Was it Thursday night? No, Monday night football. Monday, nights. Monday night football. Um, again, today, today is actually Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm like, what? what Welcome day is to it? the NFL oh, season. That's week four. Where you're like, is it? Is it Thursday? Like, yeah, exactly. Monday night football. Uh, I was speaking of being good on some shows and not others. I went on a show and I was very heavy on Puka. Um, I took him. I, mm. I, I raised the line up to 100 receiving yards. That didn't catch, although he catched the regular one. Didn't get a touchdown. Uh, they were double teaming him there. Um, and then the Colts have looked a little bit frisky. I know there's no, there's no best bets on this. Um, but Brinson, what do you think of just this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think the I would lean towards the Rams here. Um, I know that short week they look terrible on Monday night, but I mean, I, like I understand that. Bang- I mean, what's that? It was a desperate Bengals team. Yeah, desperate Bengals team. Joe Burrow gutted it out, even with the calf injury. Uh, said he didn't nothing didn't get worse than than he thought it might. And you know, I, I think that w- with the, what we saw from the Bengals defense was like the most impressive part. I mean, Trey Hendrickson was fly like flying out of a cannon. Once the Bengals got that lead, they really pinned their ears back. Uh, you know, Lou Anarumo sent a ton of blitz packages at Matthew Stafford, and it wasn't like Stafford can't can't like deal with it. It was just they couldn't hold up under the pressure. I don't think we're going to see the same amount of pressure coming from the Colts here. So I would lean Rams. The uh, over under here is really confusing to me. Um, Forty five and a half is a ton for two teams that you think are going to largely try to be a little ball control here. Sean McVay's certainly conservative. You know, we saw him he kicked a ton of short field goals on Monday night even though it's like you, you know, you know you've got a tough matchup with uh you know w- with the Bengals on the road in a, in a game you really need to win. And I think the the Rams probably a little more desperate than the Colts in this spot, RJ. Yeah, I'm the other way. I think um the I, I we were on the over when it was it was a lot lower um on sports and I think we got in at 44. Either 44 4 oh. 44 and a half spiked up after that because uh even though this indie offense was not impressive in the win last week 3.9 yards per play eight to 22 on third down hit those long field goals four of 53 plus um carried the day for them uh anthony richardson's going to be back and he just adds such a good dimension a big dimension to this offense being able to run around and execute what jane steichen's trying to do that i think they're going to have success against this rams defense which is beatable um as they've shown um you know scoring on indy's defense shouldn't be a problem for stafford and co would love to see the left tackle back because you know he was just getting completely enveloped by the pass rush there and indy d i think has an underrated front you know they had that game i believe was six sacks earlier in the year um i think they've averaged four per game um so it's not like they have a bad front and they could take advantage of those injuries too i would have went with the rams before that game on monday now i like indy if richardson's in i think you can look to play the indy money line this is available anywhere from indy minus one and a half to indy plus one right now so you can take one with indy or you can play a money line at minus 105 but uh, my lean here would be to indy prop stars if anthony richardson plays anytime touchdown yeah, no, that's always a good spot with uh, yeah, his dual threat capabilities. Uh, I think Arthur hit the nail on the head regarding this Indianapolis Colts front has been very good defensively. Uh, been very good against the run. Kyron Williams, I'm a fan of him, but he has been pretty inefficient. Uh, I've also heard rumblings that the Rams want to get other running backs involved. So I think fading mm. him, especially near 60 yards, is a good look. So that's something I'll have my eye on. And I think this sets up very nicely for Zach Moss, who continues to be very, very, very impressive. He has certainly earned playing time, even if or when Jonathan Taylor returns to this lineup. Zach Moss has quietly been one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL over the last two weeks. So, yeah, he's uh, got a very good matchup against a uh, underwhelming Rams front as well. So two backs, different uh, takes on both of them. Richardson, by the way, even money to score a anytime touchdown. Ooh, they're starting to get a little smarter there. Uh, I'll still take that. Um, all right. Minnesota Vikings laying four at the Panthers. This total 45 and a half. Minnesota 0-3, losing all games by a single score. 
Um, but they're still minus 196 on the money line. Brinson, you're taking Panthers. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it was, I think this guy was a four and a half at one point. Um, I think, I think I wrote in my best bets piece. I'm taking it just because my parents are going to this game. I want my parents to be, and I'm sure like my dad's gonna be playing like Alex, Alexander Madison on his fantasy team. So he's actually gonna be like sitting in the stands, like with a Panther shirt on rooting for a Vikings touchdown. <laughs> Way to go, Bob. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Minnesota is probably the better. Minnesota is definitely the better team. Uh, this line jumped up a bit, I think, when Bryce Young got uh, was like announced he's, he's back in practice, which is a red flag for the Panthers fans and, yes. and Panthers backers. Um, both teams are zero three, of course. Somebody's got to win. Carolina's at home, and I think I just think the Panthers' defense will have a big bounce back game against a uh, a Vikings offense that you know is 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 good. Like I mean, like they have tons of talent on it. Sort of like Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins is leading the league in passing yards right now. He's on pace for 6,000 passing yards, which is absolutely insane. Um you've got you know Madison as we mentioned got called out, I think. I mean, basically Madison got called out by Kevin O'Connell because he's like, you know, people who don't value ball security won't play and it's like, well, he's not he's not going to bench Justin Jefferson or Jordan Addison or Kirk Cousins. So I guess it's Alexander Madison we're talking about here. Um and, and I think we see a little inspired action for the Panthers offense. They got to get something going. Frank Reich needs to kind of like uncork some trick plays here or something to spark this offense because it's really been flat. And I can't imagine uh, David Tepper is thrilled about that, RJ. Yeah, the Carolina offense was better without last week done in by false starts and, and, and the team just in general by defensive injuries. They fell apart defensively in that game. Um, the false starts won't be an issue here because they're at home. I don't know what the defense is going to look like with all those injuries and see who plays there, but they're shorthanded a linebacker, safety, cornerback. It just seems like everywhere a team when you're facing a team like Minnesota, they're going to score however many points they want here. So the question is, can the Panthers keep up offensively? This line is inflating, like you said, four and a half available at some points. The Circa Million lines came out just before we could jump on the podcast for the Vegas mm. contest and they have it at five. So they're expecting even more of a move because they're trying to project forward and, and give people, you know, um, progressive lines to pick against. Um, so it could be a big value there at that number. I'm only looking to Carolina like you will. Uh, Minnesota might be three, and zero if not for the fumbles offenses look great. Otherwise their Nine. defense will face some tough offenses. This should be an easier test, but just an 0 three team at minus four, minus five at the home uh, on the road. On the road yeah. Just, and it's an indoor team too, playing outdoors. I just something I can't trust that number. So if I'm gonna play it, it's gonna be Carolina. Um. Well, prop stars, you you have a prop for this, and then I'll tell you what my bet is. Yeah, sure. It's uh, Jordan Addison over 39 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he is a must bet in my opinion. Under 40 yards here. Obviously, his target share, route participation continue to grow each week. Finally, became a full time player last week. Played over 85 percent of the snaps. Uh, had really high route participation as well. So love this spot for Addison. He's drawing a ton of targets deep down the field. Uh, that ch checks all the boxes for a potential spike week. Obviously benefits from a lot of the attention that Justin Jefferson commands, most double-team player in the NFL right now for good reason. Uh, I think Addison's just going to continue to have a very big year as his role grows in this offense. Love him, especially betting him under 40 yards. So, uh, yeah, just or excuse me, Jordan Addison over 39.5 receiving yards. Very good bet in my opinion. Yeah, I actually love him. I loved him um, before the season started too. Kid out of USC, right? That's where Jordan Addison is from. Yeah. Um, so originally I was going to take the over 45 and a half. And then when I saw that Bryce Young was trending towards starting, I decided against that one. But I still do like the Vikings over their team total at 25 and a half. We know that they can't win a game, but they can score, right? Like you just said, Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins have been moving the ball downfield at a pretty impressive rate. Um, Minnesota, of course, as we've talked about, leads the league in turnovers at nine. That's a big reason why they're still winless so far. The Panthers' defense has been good. They're pretty strong up front, but they let Geno drop 37 on him. And this is a must-win game for the Vikings. They cannot go down 0-4. So if they can clean up those turnovers, I still think that they can put points on the board. Um, so I'm taking them over the 25 and a half uh, team total. Dig it. Well, actually, I don't dig it because that means that. <laughs> well, you could still cover. Yeah, <laughs> it was always a, yeah, the Panthers could totally score <laughs> 24 to 27 points. That seems uh, that seems totally reasonable. All right, we're going to have more early slate games to cover coming up after the break. But first, Sunday, the NFL is on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The week four matchups are stacked, headlined by an outstanding matchup in Buffalo when Tua takes the unstoppable Dolphins offense on the road 
against Josh Allen and the Bills. It all begins at noon Eastern with the NFL Today. We can't wait. The NFL is on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. The Pick 6 Podcast will be back after this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You got to love when we leave the podcast to do a commercial. And you can't see this if you're if you're listening to the podcast because you can't see anything. You're, you're listening. <laughs> but we leave and go to a commercial featuring Katie Mox. <laughs> you're everywhere. It's a Moxception. I love it. Uh, we got a... Yeah, tune in, tune in to Tops. If you're listening to the audio I, version and you missed it, tune in to Tops, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. That's right. Uh, and uh, we got a we got a we got a big NFC South battle coming up on Sunday. The Saints hosting the Buccaneers. Saints are minus three with a total of 40 and a half of juice. Again, like these juice numbers are crazy. Uh, the line's actually down, the total's down to 39 and a half on Fandle, which you can see on the screen. Um, Saints are minus 122, which is just a weird, bizarre uh, number. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, I will be taking the Buccaneers here. Um, I think I think we look the Buccaneers defense. The Buccaneers got blitzed through the roof, through out into the turf against the, uh, the the Eagles on Monday night um, in that in that fir- in that first game. Not a very thrilling game. Baker was under pressure. Um, Bucks offense just couldn't do a whole lot. I don't think the Saints defense is as good as, as it's being given credit for like publicly because like I think this game will be low scoring. I think the Saints defense is good. I just don't think it's like that great. Um, you have a situation where uh, you know it's like they just haven't played anybody. I mean, they they just haven't had to play a good offense. I think the Buccaneers are a decent offense with some good weapons. Marshall Lattimore, Mike Evans, always must see television. They hate each other, like hate each other. Uh, and this is a Jameis Winston revenge game. But I think it could be a Buccaneers revenge game because he wants to do 30 interceptions in the season, a 30 for 30 for Jameis, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks uh, in the same season. Just an incredible year. So I'm going to back the uh, the Buccaneers getting revenge on Jameis, uh, who is likely to start with Derek Carr missing this game, RJ. Yeah, and the line's moved up with Jameis. Uh, I don't get that. I think he's a worse quarterback than Derek Carr. Um, and the New Orleans offense was struggling even before the car injury. They were buoyed by the punt return touchdown there. Um, I think it's the downgrade, though, and the, the market doesn't. It's it's trending up. You can get three and a half, so I have best bet Tampa Bay plus three and a half. New Orleans defense has good stats. They have faced some limited offenses this year, um, and Tampa Bay has finally flopped against an elite team, but they've competed otherwise, and this is not an elite team. Their offense looks much better with Dave Canales running the show. I think they're going to show out here and have a good game. So I think Tampa Bay deserves, especially if you're getting plus three and a half, is going to be a close game, and, and they've played well enough that they should get more respect um, coming out of that game against Philly, which is that's just going to happen against Philly. Well, the Bucks haven't been able to beat the the Saints in a few years, right? Would you do y'all take Bucks to win this game or just to cover? Well, it's Tom Brady effect. I mean, it's a different team now, so I don't think you can really read into what's happened the last few years. Um, I mean, I think the Buccaneers are going to win the game, but I mean, it's definitely going to be close. Like, I think it'll be come down to a field goal. So, I mean, that's why I'm taking the Bucks. Obviously, yeah, that's that would. And Saints are perceived to have this great home field advantage, but that's yeah. not really hasn't been the case um, the last couple years. I track, you know, I give in unique home field advantage numbers to every team when I'm building my power ratings, and um, they just they're home and away stats. They're not that different, so I don't think they have a great home field advantage at this point. They're not. They're they're basically the same. Not qu- pretty close to the same team home and away at this point. All right, moving on here. Uh, Commanders at the Eagles. Eagles laying eight and a half. Eagles offense starting to click. Uh, Swift just finds those gaping holes, whether he creates Swift and Kelsey. Kelsey leading the way for Swift. And Swift. 
the tush push, by the way, I mean, you could see it was so hard for Kelsey to get up after some of those. They're going to run this man into the ground and maybe his wife wants him to retire. I would, too, if, if he was going. I mean, that's the thing with the, the tush push. It seems extremely dangerous when you have, you know, that many people falling on each other. But it works and other teams don't um, perform it as successfully. This total uh, 43 and a half. RJ, you're you're laying the eight and a half with the Eagles. Yeah, you can find eight, so I have a best bet eight here. Uh, Washington was exposed facing a good Buffalo team, and then the line didn't move coming out of the game. It finally moved when the Eagles took care of business against the Bucs. I know people were fading the Eagles in that game because they believed in the Bucs, um, but it was interesting to me that the line was still minus seven with the Eagles after Washington was completely you know beat up and, and had no chance against a good Buffalo team. Philly's just as good. They run, the Washington offense... Uh, running the ball has been good, but Philly's strong up front, as we know. They've been great versus the run, and the Washington defense has only looked good versus Dobbs soon after he joined Arizona and hasn't looked great since. Uh, so the market faded Philly at Tampa, but they dominated despite having that flu bug um, that was going around, apparently, for oh, right. according to Jalen Hurts. And um, so you would expect them to struggle, and then that comes out, and you're like, oh, that's why. But they they just completely dominated that game. So if you think Philly is among the elite, throw in the home field advantage here. This is saying that Washington is at least an average team, and I don't know that they're an average team. I have them as above average. So I would put this line on the other side of 10, if I'm being honest, which is why if you want to lay the eight, if you only have the access to eight and a half, I'm finally the eight and a half. I think I'd probably look for a teaser at that point, but I'll lay the eight to uh, either number. I think they're going to win by double digits. Spicy. Uh, Broncos at Bears. We went to the Vikings and the Panthers. It's crazy. There's four own three teams in the NFL currently. And uh, all four of them are playing this week. You got the the, the Panthers and the Vikings, and then the Broncos. Got to win. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to win. I mean, if the Broncos and the Vikings win, the Bears will be holding the top two picks in the NFL draft four weeks into the season. Which, I mean, Bears yeah. fans are pretty upset about it, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you got the number one and number two overall picks. Um, you could either you know draft Caleb Williams. And trade a trade number two for a haul or draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Although I mentioned that Pete Prisco is like, I don't, why would you take a receiver at number two? Ridiculous, ridiculous. Uh, anywho, um, <laughs> it was a good Pete <laughs> Broncos minus three Not and a half. Like Pete. A lot of people have good Pete's. Brady's guy, he's a Brady's guy, good one. Um, got a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos minus three and a half over under 46 here. I mean, I'm pretty tempted by the bounce back spot for the Broncos. I think. You know, you get 70 hung on you, you better respond. Like, so is you, and, and what better way to respond than by getting the Bears, uh, even if it's on the road? I mean, this Bears team is just terrible. So I would lean towards the Broncos, but three and a half, man, on a, for a, as RJ pointed out, a team with a winless team on the road laying f- almost four points is pretty insane. So I, I'm probably passing on this, but lean towards the Broncos a, a touch, RJ. Yeah, the uh, look ahead here was minus two and a half, and and Denver gives up seventy. And I know the Bears are bad, point. but yeah. but now it's three and a half, and it might be trending toward four. It just people hate how how the Bears, based on how they've looked. I don't know how you can have any faith in this Denver team. Um, I don't see how they're even favored in this game, um, and much less by three and a half. Defense has been awful. Offense didn't score in second half garbage time last week, like you would expect if they have a good offense. And with this line, people are expecting they have a pretty good offense. I think Chicago's offense can have success with the run game. This is obviously going to be easier match for fields playing a defense that has one of the, the three you know the fir- worst three first week, three weeks of the season ever um denver's coming off a long road trip had to go to miami now they're going back on the road after being embarrassed it's a flat spot for them um and power ratings have chicago as the worst team in the league i'd still only i'd still make them minus one in this game um the hq the research team for cbs also just pointed out uh russell wilson zero and nine against the spread as a favorite in in his career with the broncos including seven outright losses so it's just when they're supposed to be favored just fade fade this team because they are not very good. So as bad as Chicago is, and my only worry about playing Chicago as the best bet is their beat up defensive backs. So I guess mm-hmm. that the Denver could come out and score 40 and the Chicago couldn't, you know, scores 30 and doesn't cover. So I think my best bet here is over 46. I just don't see why it's going to be a, a low scoring game with how bad Denver's offense or Denver's defense has been and Chicago's defense to be frank. Probably, you got anything here? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm uh, RJ mentioned the injuries in uh, Chicago's secondary. Love this spot for Jer- Jerry Judy, over 52 and a half receiving yards. Looks to be over that early hamstring injury causing him to me- miss week one. Seen his route participation, target share grow week two, week three. Looked to be fully healthy last week. I know it was obviously a bad performance overall, but he was running a route on pretty much every uh, Russ drop back. 
Bears defense ranks bottom five in literally every single uh, defensive metrics, particularly their pass defense has been absolutely atrocious. So I think this is a good spot for Jerry Judy, only needing 53 and a half yards, having the deepest dot on the team, really not seeing a lot from Cortland Sutton. Uh, for whatever reason, Sean Payton is just unwilling to play Marvin Mims, who's by far the most explosive option, yes. should be on the field. Yeah, 24% snaps back-to-back -back weeks makes no sense why his role isn't growing in the offense. In the meantime, I have more confidence or trust in Jerry Judy of any pass catcher on this team until Mims gets more playing time. So I'm going to roll with Jerry Judy over 52 and a half receiving yards. Not, not only – yeah, not only is he not playing enough, it seems like Sean Payton, the Saints, uh, the Broncos are talking with Traquan Smith, old buddy Traquan Smith. So he's going to play even less if that guy comes in the building and, and he gets on the field for Sean Payton. Inexplicable. What do you think it is? Do you think it looks like when Ayuk was in the doghouse for a while? Like, did Mims do something to Sean Payton? Why are you not playing him more? Maybe he doesn't like. Him. Yeah, I was going to say uh, doesn't like the way he run blocks or yeah something seeing in practice that. Obviously, isn't translating to any plays because anytime he's on the field, he is just a threat to take it to the house. Anytime he touches the ball, it doesn't make any sense why he's not playing at least fifty percent of the snaps. He had a touchdown last week that was called back, right? I know because I had the uh, he had a kickoff return touchdown too. Yeah, <sighs> Mims. Do y'all remember that rap song from Mims? This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. No. Yep. Oh, RJ, I did know. Brinson told me that you are a little RJ's bit of a... RJ's a DJ. DJ Yeah. 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 All right. I'm a D no, I'm not a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, how did that come about? I, I think it's like Ryan Wilson. Didn't Ryan Wilson create that like that like that rumor? No. I mean, we won't we won't dive into it, but when I was younger, I did do some some rap songs, but but it's not enough. That's, that's not DJ. That's, what was your you name? You both. Prophet. Profit. I, I was little Geppetto. We gotta have a rap battle one of these days. <laughs> rap battle game. right now. No, but well, they gotta screw gotta the Ravens and Browns. Let's have a rap it's, battle. It's been a long time. <laughs> I believe in you, Prophet. You don't want me to rap, I'll tell you that much. You don't or want me. me to sing. Or me. Yeah. Um anyway, I'll you know what? Let's let's talk about the Ravens and the Browns. Actually, let's do it. Uh, Ravens at Browns. Browns minus two and a half, getting some juice at minus one eighteen. Looks like it could move, and this total could pop up a bit too. It's at uh, forty and a half minus one fifteen to the over. Um, I, I I'll be honest. Like I don't really. I think the the Browns are like I don't know what to make of the Browns. Yeah. They've had a two really good like like blowout wins against. Uh, against bad, like D against against bad offenses, right? Joe Burrow in that week one, they did, the Bengals were bad in week one. No, no sugarcoating it. Uh, Joe Burrow had his eighty-two passing yards, right? I mean, like, like really. Um, and then you had uh, the Titans, who just I mean, Ryan Tannehill looked awful too. So, I, and the Steelers didn't run a single play in the red zone. So maybe it's it's possible that 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 the Browns defense is that great. I just think the Ravens offense is going to be the easily the biggest test that they've had to date. Um, I want a plus three here. I thought I was getting a plus three. I don't know why it's two and a half. Uh, but I do. Think, I've seen some threes. Yeah. Okay. So I can so I can put down three as a yeah. as a best bet. So yeah. we could I could push. You could win this. I guess I'm spoiling <laughs> your your best bet there. But uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. At uh, at plus three, to uh, and I think the Ravens are actually going to find a way to win this game. I hope not, because uh, I've got the Browns minus two and a half, and I agree with you that there's to me there's still a lot of question marks around the Browns, and you know I've, I've faded them a little bit at the beginning of this season. Certainly haven't been um, Deshaun Watson's biggest fan, and I feel like the jury is still out on him. But this Browns defense is the best in the league through three weeks, and Brinson, I know that maybe they've gone against some bad offenses, or maybe the defense is also that good two out of their three games. They've held their opponents to just a field goal. They have allowed only 21 first downs total through three weeks, just 21 mm. first downs, which is really, really impressive. Only one offensive touchdown. The Browns are giving up the fewest yards in the pass game, the fewest yards in the run game and the Ravens. They're getting some people back, but they're still pretty banged up on offense. And like Lamar Jackson has been great. He's coming off of his what, like 13th career hundred yard rushing game. 
But what was Derrick Henry able to do? That guy can always break free, and he had 20 yards on 11 carries. So I will go for best bet. I'm going to take the Browns minus two and a half based purely on their defense. And there, it's, nothing is available yet. But I'm definitely going to be looking into Miles Garrett props. And Propstar, I'm curious what you think about this. But this guy's just been an absolute animal, a beast, four and a half sacks on the season. Just last week alone, five quarterback hits, three and a half sacks, three tackles for loss. You know, Tennessee hilariously towards the end were like double teaming him, following him everywhere that he went. But at that point, it was already um, too late. And I read a stat from Next Gen Stats. Garrett has had an average get-off time of 0.62 seconds in six pressures in the first half. Um, 0.75 is considered elite. So the guy's just been insane. And he has done really well um, against the Ravens. He's had at least one sack in four straight games against them. So depending on what his sack you know, total is or his total tackles are, I might look to do some overs for Miles Garrett. Yeah, very impressive. Miles Garrett looks to be one of his front runners for a defensive player of the year. Uh, definitely, certainly would like his chances to record a sack in this game. I'm going to fade uh, a teammate of his, though, Elijah Moore, under 42 and a half receiving yards. The Browns have worked so hard to get Elijah Moore the football, and he has just been woefully inefficient so far. 1.14 yards per route run. Uh, that's bottom 40th percentile of all wide receivers. Wow. 5.6 yards per target as well. Just manufacturing touches for him and doing absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, I think there's other viable pass catchers who really just haven't had many targets in David Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jerome Ford can catch passes out of the backfield as well. So I just think the Browns have reached the point where he has had the same target shares as Amari Cooper. I just don't think that's sustainable considering how ineffective he has been. Uh, I think this matchup is a little better than it looks on paper too with the Ravens getting healthier in the secondary. So yeah, I think it's a good spot to fade Elijah Moore under 42 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, the uh, the Browns. I'm not going to say that they have. They're not fantastic. They are. Um, I don't know if they're quite as good as they looked against some of these these limited yeah. offenses. Um, so we'll they'll be tested here against Lamar, the best quarterback they faced by far. Um, especially when taking into account Burrow's health, and um, he can run around, do some different things in in the game. We saw that um, he he he's you know effective as a runner there. Baltimore's injuries look like they caught up last week because they lost, and people are reading into that because this line moved from one and a half, Baltimore minus one and a half to uh, minus two and a half. Browns. I think it's too much of a swing here. I think this game should be pick them because um, Baltimore's defense had a good day. We talked about Indy's offense not look, not being as good as the numbers suggest there with those long field goals. Baltimore's rush offense, two straight solid games. Uh, Lamar can escape some of that pressure um, even if the offensive line is not playing well. And they should play better because you talk about they're getting some guys back. They're getting two key guys back on the offensive line, left tackle Ronnie Stanley and center Tyler Linderbaum. And that's just massive um, up, upgrades there for the Ravens. And that turned the Ravens offensive line back into what they want it to be and gives them a chance against this ferocious the Browns front. Um, so I, like I said, I think this line should be pick them. I would go uh, Baltimore if you can get the plus three here. Dig it. Love hearing RJ say that. Suck <laughs> it, Mox. You're going down. <laughs> down to whatever. Brown. I don't know. Down to the ground. Down to the yeah, Browns ground. Oh, good one. One, one uh, other late note to add from the, from the research really. team. I'm, I'm in the research team Slack right now, so they're just posting notes. I'm just stealing them right now. But Lamar Jackson oh. nine and one against nine and one against the spread in career as road underdog with six straight covers. Ooh, that's a good line. I like that. Wish I'd yeah, that's that was gonna be my next research team slack. Shout out. Are you not yeah, you gotta get there. I love the I research team slack. That. I'm not in sometimes that. I'll sometimes I'll jump in there and be like, Hey, do you guys know this? They're like, What are, what are you doing, dude? Get out of here. Shut up. Like, go away, Brinson. What are you what are you don't come in here and give us research notes? Like we we provide you nuggets and you shut your mouth and you spew them all over the internet. That's your job. You don't come in here and tell us about information. I got you got y'all gotta tell me how to get in that. Uh, I'll invite you when we get out. Uh, Bengals minus two and a half at the Titans. Total of 41. Ew, stanky. Mm. Uh, that line hadn't moved a lot, but the Titans starting to get a little juice here. Plus minus 114 on the plus two and a half. Mike Vrabel as a dog has been awesome. Uh, I was two and oh backing him until he dealt with the Browns and got obliterated. I'm kind of tempted to go back to the well here, especially with the Bengals on a short week. Burrow, I think, more banged up than he's probably willing to admit. Um, I think Cincinnati will try to be conservative. The problem is Tennessee is a pure pass funnel right now. And like like if you if you, like the Bengals, if the Bengals try to win this game by running the football, they will not win this game, and the Titans will find a way to steal this. If the Bengals come out and just let Joe Burrow t toss it all around, um, they could end up having a really nice game. I actually um 
later today i should have put it on my best bets but whatever I'm, i don't want to add it and, and you know hose harry here but uh jamar chases over under 81 and a half receiving yards oh you like that over prop I do, yeah, quite a bit, just for the reasons you laid out. Biggest pass funnel in the league. Have had just given up more production to opposing wide receivers than any defense. Jamar Chase coming off those two duds. I feel like this number is like five to seven yards lower than it should be had he not had the the two duds to start the season. So getting a discount here, in my opinion, love this spot for him. I like his alt totals as well, over 100, over 125 Ooh. yards. I think Ooh. he has a monster game. That'd be a little DFS action. Too, in the Monday yeah. night game. Yeah. RJ, any thoughts on uh, Cincinnati, Tennessee? Um, don't love it, even with Rabel's history as an underdog. Offense has just been unwatchable two or three games. Um, their offensive line might be the worst in the league. And um, and we saw what Cincinnati did to the Rams' offensive line. So I just think about Matt Stafford yeah. under pressure and, and think, how is Tennessee going to score here? Um, Derrick Henry's kind of – it looks like he's being minimized in the offense. They really want to get Ty J. Spears more involved. So um, we'll see if that continues there. Tennessee can beat some run-dependent teams, but I don't know about a team that has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow. Um, so I, I value – the value on my power rating, say – it's on Tennessee, but I still have to play them against a solid defense. I'm just going to pass on this. I'm really curious with Derrick Henry here. Like Historically, yeah. he's a very slow starter. This is usually the point of the season, week three, week four, when he tends to get going a bit. Has not looked good. The advanced metrics are very poor. The underlying stats are very, very poor. RJ mentioned the offensive line might be the worst run-blocking unit in the league, but even with despite that, he's not looked good. So it uh, could be – uh, yeah, it could be sell time for Derrick Henry if he does not have a good performance here. I'm really curious to see how he looks. Well, LOL to me taking Derrick Henry to have the most rushing yards of the season uh, before the season started. But we are going to, yeah, well, there's still time. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here and we get back. We're going to talk the late games like Vegas at the Chargers, Chargers laying five and a half. Let's talk about it when we get back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to say that the... Again, like we're probably not supposed to talk about the commercials, but I don't care. I freaking love the Ninja yes. Turtles. Yes, I was just thinking the uh, same thing. There's a new Ninja Turtles uh, movie. I guess it's just a new movie. It's like an animated movie on, um, on. Uh, of course, it's animated. They're not real turtles. Uh, they, uh, well, the first, the first three movies weren't. I know, I know, yeah. with Vanilla Ice in it. Um, yeah, I know, yeah, I guess they were. But yeah, I mean, they were, but they weren't like it wasn't like you know actual. You dirty rat! You killed my father. Yeah, yeah. I was sorry, you're you're a, a TMNT. The nineties, yeah. That's right. Um, anyway, I want to see. I asked. I think I asked Pete. Like, what's your favorite Ninja Turtle? And he's like, "What are you talking about?" It's like Pete. They're named after great, like uh, the Renaissance. Leonardo. Uh, what what know, are their names? Artists: Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael. Oh. And Pete's like, I hate art. Pete famously, this is a true story. We were eating at um, art. well, uh, Bia- Bia- uh, Pizzeria Bianca in uh, in in Phoenix, the one in downtown. And we're sitting there and we're, it's me, him and Jason Lockenfora. And we, there's like across the street, there's the Phoenix art, downtown Phoenix art museum. And we're like, ah, oh, I bet there's some cool stuff in there. And Pete goes bleep art. And we're like, what did you say? F art. He was like, yeah, art sucks. I was like, why? Like, he was like, I'll just take like a, like some, I, you know, I can't say what he said. He was going to smear all over like a canvas, but it, you can guess what it was. Uh, and we were like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, what do you mean you just hate art? He's like, art's just stupid. Art sucks. We're like, what are you, like all art? Pete hates all art. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Um, so that being said, watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem on Paramount+. Plus. Yes, uh, That was the point yes, of that. I yes. saw, I've seen, it's a great movie. I've seen, I think Will was getting this, but I've seen it twice. I saw it once in the theater once. Have you really? Plus. Uh, yeah, I love the turtles. I was that was my thing growing up was the turtles. Oh yeah, me and, too. Uh, and I like this better than the live action movies of the past. Really, even, even being steeped in the nostalgia of the past, I think what they did with the characters here were just very good. So, so I, oh I my encourage God, everyone to check it out. I was actually about to text, um, like after, like when I once I said this next game, I was going to text my son and ask him if he'd watched the Ninja Turtles movie yet and see if he wanted to watch it. Oh. Um, I might have to watch that this weekend. Uh, I love the turtles. Hopefully, the new generation uh, likes them as well. Raiders Chargers back to football Chargers minus five and a half a total here of 48 and a half quite 
robust, but uh, just a little bit to the under there on FanDuel. Um, Chargers, oh, one and two. They got that first win against Minnesota last week, and <laughs> despite themselves, and now they get uh, maybe no Jimmy Garoppolo here, RJ. That's a lot of points, though, for the Chargers to lay. It's like Vikings and the Chargers probably shouldn't be laying more than three points at any at any given point in time uh, this, this entire season, because if you do that, you're begging for them to win by a field goal or like a last second something. Yeah, Garoppolo dealing with the concussion. You want him in there because the quarterback depth is bad. It might be Brian Hoyer. Um, if it's not, it, it would be Aiden O'Connell, the the, the day three pick um, rookie, who did actually look pretty solid in in preseason. But that's preseason. You know, the the regular season is a different beast. Now, um, if it's Brian Hoyer, I know nobody's going to want to back him. But this line gets up over seven. I might want to take him because, like you said, who can play the Chargers when they're inflated by a big line? They just cannot cover big numbers. They always try to win a game by three points. It seems they fall all over themselves. They cannot stop the pass at least the back door wide open to cover with i don't care who your quarterback is um and uh the home field advantage isn't going to be here um raiders playing in la they're gonna have the home field advantage so i wouldn't lay more than three with the chargers in that situation anywhere i don't care who the quarterback is i don't have a best bet from this game yet but i was looking at season win totals before we came on the stream and i was shocked to see that the raiders are six and a half plus yeah. money if you fade them Plus 125 to go under seven wins for this Raiders team. I personally think that's such a good bet. I have a very hard time seeing this roster win seven games. Oof. Uh, all right, guys, we got three more games to get through. Um, and we'd like to keep these shows as close to an hour as you possibly can. Oh, yeah. to know that your time is valuable. So no best bets on this one, but the Patriots at the Cowboys. Cowboys laying six and a half. You got to think there's some kind of a bounce back here after getting uh, trampled and losing outright to the Cardinals. RJ, any quick thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I think you want to lay the six and a half with the Cowboys. Um, New England's offense struggled against the lead Jets defense outside of that play action bite on touchdown to the third queen, third string tight end. That's not going to happen very often. Good bounce back spot for Dallas. Like you said, their defense fell asleep against Arizona. They also lost a key player in the middle of the week as they were preparing and had to overcome that. Uh, they'll be more ready here for this game. Dallas's offense ended all four second half drives in that game inside the Arizona 10. And they came with just six points in that, two field goals and two turnovers. So they should have scored a lot more points in that game. New England's run offense looked like it finally got on track versus the Jets, but what if they're behind and they can't run? And that's the situation I think this is going to show us here. So I would lay it with six and a half with Dallas. Yeah, I agree. I, I take the points with the Pats here. Just me. Oh, okay. I just, I just, I'm a sucker for that. It's Zeke Elliott. By the way, there's a lot of revenge games out there this weekend. Zeke Elliott revenge game. Like you got to get Zeke Elliott a touchdown against the Cowboys. Like you get down to the five yard line and you just run him three times and just like, would you go anytime, pro anytime here? I, I like that spot. Yeah, I think it's a good spot. You know he's going to get fed. You know he's obviously going to be motivated for this game. So yeah, I think he's definitely going to get some looks. I think the volume based approach might be the best one, but uh, yeah, I think Zeke's live for a touchdown. All right, Cardinals at the Niners. Niners laying 14. Arizona being 3-0 and against the spread, 1-2 and straight up this season. Has not scared uh, the Vegas from setting this at double digits, two touchdowns. 49ers have looked like an absolute unit this season. Um, I got nothing on this one. I, I'm probably going to lay it in like my picks pool just because I, I think people are going to see Arizona double digits again and think, all right, the Cardinals are frisky. They're going to take care of business. And then, um, you know, you – you see, a, uh, you know, like the 49ers just come in and just slaughterhouse them. So uh, I, I would probably lay it, but I don't love it. Katie, you got a best bet, with it, right? Yeah, it's what I give out every single week. 49ers um, over their team total. Books are getting a little smarter. Now it's 29 um, and a half, was 26, was 22 um, in the first few games of the season. But Purdy for 30. <laughs> They've gotten to 30 points um, in every game so far this season. It seems to be San Francisco's magic number. Overall, the 49ers have outscored their opponents 90 to 42 um, and have strong weapons on, you know, running the ball and also throwing the ball. I also think that, you know, some people have been surprised by the Cardinals, but the 49ers are in the same division they're not surprised by them they play each other pretty good um and so i think the 49ers are gonna be very prepared for this and i do think that the 49ers offense is better than dallas's offense um and i think that they'll just kind of be able to uh to get to 30 so i'd love them to cover the 14 points but i never i'm never gonna lay that on my own team so give me the 49ers over 29 and a half um team total and then also not on the board yet but george kittle props uh didn't hit for us last week prop stars um in him getting a touchdown so i still like him for an anytime touchdown he's starting to heat up coming off the best game of his seasons look at his receiving yards when they do come out because he caught seven of nine targets uh, in the last game 90 yards against the giants 
expect more of that in prop stars. I do want to get your opinion on that from Kittle this week because the Cardinals have just been getting eaten up by tight ends all season long. They've allowed every tight end that they have faced to go over on their receiving yards prop. So I will likely go over depending on what that line is. And I do like him to get in the end zone in the last two games last year versus Arizona. Kittle had two touchdowns in each of those games. Yeah, I think I prefer him to get into the end zone uh, just because I think the game environment might be one that we don't see a lot of passing volume. Uh, but I, I agree, Katie. It's a great spot, great matchup for him. This Cardinals defense has just been bleeding production to opposing tight ends. I definitely think he gets some red zone targets, uh, obviously a favorite target of Purdy once they get down there. So definitely like his anytime touchdown look. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets two here. I'd love to go uh, for those long shots. I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on two anytime touchdowns as well. Yeah, it didn't hit for us last week, but we're going right, to get on that train again. All right, Sunday Night Football, Kansas City Chiefs, a.k.a. the Swifties, laying 9.5 at the Jets. This total 42.5. Rumor has it that Taylor Swift will be in attendance at this game as well. She lives here in New York. It's going to be at MetLife. I didn't put this as a best bet, but you might as well pencil me in for a Kelsey anytime touchdown if Taylor Swift is in the building. Um, but RJ, you're looking at the Jets team total. Yeah, play them under 16 and a half is available at minus 120. Kansas City's offense finally backed with them against Chicago, scored on seven same dri- straight drives. But the defense shut down fields through three quarters. I don't see how Zach Wilson does any better considering how bad he's been um, at every point of his career. It's Kansas City's defense has allowed two touchdowns in non-garbage time. The Jets' offense has three touchdowns total. Um, so I don't think the Jets' defense is capable of completely stopping Mahomes either. I'm finally in the nine and a half if you want to do that because 17 points may cover here. But because I don't I don't think the Jets sniff 17. So, um, so I, I take the no. under on Jets. 16 and a half on their team total. If Rishi Rice is sitting on your waiver wire in fantasy football, now is the time to pick him up. Last week, he was the second highest graded rookie wide receiver, according to PFF. His role is going to continue to grow. Mahomes still doesn't have a viable real second option behind Travis Kelsey. Uh, Rishi has really flashed when he's been on the field. I expect him to have that sort of uh, 1B job to Travis Kelsey and especially his snap count and target share to continue to grow as the season progresses. Uh, I like him to get on the field more this week as well, but definitely more of a long-term thing, but love Rishi Rice. I think he makes a big impact in the second half of the season. Would you drop Elijah Moore for Rishi Rice? I would in a heartbeat. Really? Yeah. I just think his, his ceiling is capped Elijah Moore. I don't think he really has like uh, even though the target, the target share has been really big. I just don't, I don't see him having, uh, the same upside that Rice does if Rice ends up becoming a full-time player in the offense. Spicy. I like it. All right. I'm going to make that move right now. Tom <laughs> Fernelli's Tom Fernelli's fantasy league for which I am. I think I finished last place last year, but I was defending champion the year before that. So whatever. Oh, hey, hey. And you're hey. laying the nine and a half, right? Oh yeah. I'm getting nine and a half. Uh, I'll take a best bet with the chiefs here. Uh, the jets are at home. Nine and a half is a lot. But you saw what the Chiefs did against the Bears. Mm-hmm. And the Jets' defense is a lot better than the Bears' defense. That's okay. Nobody doubts that at all. But the Jets still have Zach Wilson, and the Chiefs' defense has been really good. And look, the Chiefs want to show out for Taylor Swift. If you think that's not true, I don't know what to tell you. There's video of the entire sideline. Like Everybody's like, oh, bleep, look at this, it's Taylor Swift. And yeah. Mahomes is like standing next to Kelsey and waving up there like Patrick Mahomes, like the two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl winner, like the most famous football player on planet Earth nope. that's not retired nope. in terms of like Tom Brady. And he's like, hi, Taylor. Like they're going to try and score like, like and go up top. Well, you know, what's so funny is um, Aaron Rodgers obviously goes on Pat McAfee show every week. And so he kind of hinted that he would be there. He's like, oh, somebody might be there this week. And it's like, good luck if anyone's going to care about you, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, Up in the, the, uh, not the booth. What are they called? The suite. Luxury boxes. The luxury boxes. Yeah, it's all going to be Taylor all the time. You know what I like about Taylor Swift, though? We're not going to get into this, but she just likes to have fun. You see her at award shows. She's dancing and singing along to everyone, drinking cocktails, having a good time. She's at a football game. She's banging on the glass. She's giving the LFGs. Like this is just a girl that likes to have fun. She's fun to watch. She's good for crowds. Um, and she's definitely I, uh, Roger. Fun. If I'm Rogers, I'm getting in the same luxury box as Taylor Swift and like wait oh, until Kelsey looks up and like put my arm around her and be like, sup, <laughs> Travis, how you doing? Like just really throw him off his game. Well, I forgot Rogers went both nights, I think, to Taylor's MetLife um, performances and was like rocking out. So that would be a little yeah. let's look for a little Aaron Rogers, Taylor Swift together in a luxury box because I would actually um love he to see looks that. Out, he's like, What's up, Kelsey? <laughs> Kelsey's like, All right. 
that's how you troll. That's how you troll and you exactly. get under their skin because you know it's not going to happen on the field, unfortunately. All right, guys, that is going to do it for our show. Let's take a recap of our picks. Thank you so much, Harry, for getting this together. Yeah, shout out producer Harry with the betting recap here. Look yeah, Brinson, you want to read through your picks? Uh, I got Buffalo minus three, Carolina plus four, Tampa Bay plus three, Baltimore plus two and a half, and KC minus nine and a half. I would suggest for bleeps and giggles, tossing Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore in a money line parlay and just oh. seeing, seeing it get real spicy. All right. I'm on Buffalo minus three, Minnesota team total over 25 and a half, Cleveland minus two and a half. Look out for those Miles Garrett props and SF over 29 and a half. And then also look at Kittle's props. I like Kittle for an anytime touchdown as well. RJ. And Miami plus three, Josh Allen over 33 and a half rush yards. Tampa plus three and a half is available in the market. Philly minus eight is available in the market. Denver, Chicago going over 46 points and Jets under 16 and a half team total. And let's go Gabriel Davis over 42 and a half receiving yards. Jordan Addison over 39 and a half receiving yards. Elijah Moore under 42 and a half receiving yards. And Jerry Judy over 53 and a half receiving yards. All right. Those are our pick, picks, and that is the show. Make sure you join us tomorrow, um, or not tomorrow. Make sure you join us on Sunday. The Super Friends are going to uh, do their Sunday night recap. So like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page, and you will see the Super Friends after the games on Sunday. Mm-hmm.